1: In a cream Like slow spinning Redemption Blending in And blending out The shine of it Has caught my eye And roped me in So Mesmerizing So Hypnotizing I am Captivated I am Unmatched Beauty I am gorgeous I am strong I am hot I swear I'm hot I swear i you swore you bought yourself so snatched. Welcome to Natch everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Natch the beauty podcast where we have fun and we laugh, but we also get down to business. We also learn. And we have an exciting episode for you today. Welcome to Natch This is episode 200-something of Natch This has been happening for years now. We're evolving. We're women. We're resilient. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, it's 7 a.m. It's 7 a.m. in L.A. I don't get up early for many people. But I get up early for my guests today. Before we tell you who it is, you probably know already because you can read. But hello, I am Jackie J. Your host, the Beauty Talk Shock. Shock, your queen of creams, the host with the most serums, the freshest fringe on the West Coast, your favorite over-30 niche influencer, your kooky southern aunt. Okay, back to my guest. So my guest today... I'm excited. I'm very excited. My guest today is, according to her Instagram bio, your skincare fairy godmother. She's a product developer. She is the co-founder and CEO of Dew Skin. Which I have ordered. I I got them on the last restock. They're on the way. I really wanted to have them on when you open the call. Just pretend they're there. The best and most informative social media when it comes to skincare. When I discovered this account... I could show you the the notes in my notes app. I made notes. I was Googling. I was sending things to people. We DM back and forth between, oh my God, did you see this? Oh yeah, me too. Oh my God, did you buy that serum? Me too. Oh. She has the slugged skin of an angel. She only uses products that actually work. She's the reason I dusted off my new face that I bought in 2017 and gave up on. It's back out, honey. We're using it. There's... Too much to discuss. I have too many questions. We'll see what I end up spouting off, but please welcome my guest, Charlotte Palermino. Welcome to Natch Butte.
0: I mean, that intro, I, I'm going to take that recording and I'm just going to play it wherever
1: I go. I will bring it to you. You and I are going to go to Vancouver <laughs> together. I will play it for you. Welcome to Natch Vancouver. Butte. You know, I want you to like get really close to the camera and just let me like get a look at that. Yes, honey. Oh, man.
0: I put on makeup too. I'm trying out this new. So this amazing creator, I think she does like video for Condé, uh, Mian. She basically had this like palette and it's like literally watercolors. And that's literally where I'm getting all of these. Yeah, I'm I'm just right in that. I saw yesterday
1: you did like a pink eye.
0: Yeah, I did pink. So, yeah. I mean, that sounds... You did a pink eye. You did a pink um, eye, yeah. Not yes. the bacterial infection. <laughs> no,
1: no, a chic one, a The chic color, one.
0: <laughs> the color. And then now I have, like, this, like, auburn color, but I don't know. It's, it's incredible. So, yeah. Well... But I, I did makeup for you today.
1: Well, thank you. I did nothing, but the <laughs> Zoom filter helps. Time? The Zoom filter and the good lighting helps.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Charlotte, welcome to Nantribute. It is an honor to meet you and talk to you. My honeys have been asking me to get you on for, for a long time. And I've been like, I don't know if she'll come on. And then I saw you did a few other shows. And I said, you know what? Swing. Swing for the fences. And thank you for being here. My first question that I ask every guest on Ashview is what type of skin do you have? Now, I know this question. I know because I see all your videos, but in case somebody mm-hmm. doesn't know.
0: Charlotte, what kind of
1: skin do you have?
0: So I'm in esthetician school, so I'm actually Mm. learning a lot more about my skin. So I have one more week before I finish school, and then I have to take my my state licensing exam. So I'm very excited. I definitely want to touch faces legally. I'm so hyped on that. But for my skin type, it's quite dry. And when I don't take care of it, dehydrate it as well. It's really common. Like people are always like, wow, like you have like poreless skin. And I'm like, that's because they're lazy sons of itches. And that's why, because I just don't produce any oil, but it is a pretty simple skin type in certain ways to take care of. It's just that you have more sensitive skin. So you have to be careful of like certain ingredients and tread lightly with things like retinol.
1: I mean, just based on that, I could ask you 10 questions, but for the sake of the time, I'm going to move on because I feel like there is something between dry and dehydrated skin are different.
0: They're totally different. Yes.
1: And it's like, how do you know which one you have?
0: So I actually have a good test. So you learn this in school. And I think what's interesting about like, so when you're in esthetician school, you're only dealing with the epidermis, which is the top layer of skin. But that's where all skincare interacts. Prescriptions are the ones that are allowed to interact deeper. So estheticians, like that's why they say they're really good at navigating like, you know, over the counter, like Sephora, things like that. Don't get me wrong, dermatologists, like they have like a thousand years of education. So obviously experts as well, but with estheticians, you're really focusing on that top layer and you're touching and seeing a lot of faces a day. So if you just take, if you just look at your forehead skin, I think your forehead's the easiest place to look because when you're looking at your cheeks, like, I don't know, like I got like some flesh there, but this is right against like a bone. If you just like basically like press your foreheads, like the skin together like that. And if you see tons of horizontal lines, or if you move your skin around and it moves like in a sheet, like almost like, like plastic, (laughs)
1: Haha. <laughs> I'm, I'm Don't doing it, hard. everybody. Don't press
0: too hard. Just like very light, very light. And you see just, but it, it's super apparent. Like, And there are YouTube videos that I can actually send if you want to include them in the show notes because it's, it's so apparent, whereas dry skin is just kind of like flaky. It's not really dewy. Like dehydrated skin can even present as super shiny because if you have oilier skin, your skin starts overproducing oil to make up for the lack of water. And so the easiest way to deal with dehydrated skin, which I always had because when you have dry skin, you. Black oil. Oil helps trap in the water in your skin. So when you have dry skin, it best runs with dehydrated skin. But when you have oily skin, you can have dehydrated skin as well. You just dampen your face before moisturizer. You don't necessarily need a dedicated product. Yes, you can buy a face mist. Yes, you can buy a hydrating serum. But for me, I always like to start basics because I just find the amount of skincare out there absolutely overwhelming.
1: I love that you put water on your face in between tap because- water. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. We should just end this now. I feel like I might pee myself <laughs> and, and get too excited. Can you imagine oily skin, but dehydrated now? What a conundrum.
0: I mean, it sucks for them. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Cause you get super confused. And then, so then right. you start layering all these thick products on top because you're like, my skin's dry. Cause it feels tight and squeaky, right. but actually your skin's just craving water. Yes. And so yes, you can use a gel cream. But if you just really dampen your skin beforehand, it's really going to help with that. So it's really simple. And it's like, it's just for me, it's like, I'm, you know, it's really hard to like navigate like how you describe skin because we're so negative about how we talk about ourselves. So now I'm just trying to get all of our language, whether it be in how I speak on social media with our brand towards like positives. And it's really about just healthy skin because when your skin's healthy, it just looks, it looks balanced. It looks, it's going to look the way you want it to look.
1: Wow. There's never been a more thorough answer to that very silly throwaway warm up question, but we love. We (laughs) love. Charlotte, do you remember the first beauty product you ever bought or used?
0: Yeah. Well it's like my grandmother my grandmother will totally deny this. It's like I love how like, you know, like I I grew up in a very French Household. My grandmother raised me for a bit, and then I came back to the U.S. So France, then back to the U.S. And I would always go back to France a lot. And my godmother and my grandmother would always take care of me, like over like summers and like holidays and stuff like that, because my parents had to work. And so <laughs> she looked at me once, like scratching at my face. So she threw like a like a jar of Nivea cold cream at me. And was like, use this. So it's like, I've been using cold cream for a very, very long time. And when I was in university, so I went to school in Canada. I went to um, McGill in Montreal. And everybody thought I was crazy for putting cold cream on my face. And now I've just graduated to Vaseline. I'm like, thicker. So yeah, that would be the first beauty product that I really remember first getting and using and being consistent about. And I wouldn't wash my face. Right? I was a nine-year-old. I didn't, know, yeah. I didn't know anything. Nine or I was like nine or 12. I can't remember. I was young. Wow, and cold then, cream
1: in at nine—that's uh-huh, a record. Uh
0: huh. Well, it's because like French women, it's like they are really big on skincare and not super big on makeup. Like I love makeup, well, clearly. Um, but with like French women, it's like it's all about creams and moisturizing and hydrating and taking care of your skin.
1: I think I need to be French.
0: <laughs> I actually am. So, I am some French. I'm
1: I'll look into it. it. <laughs> I'll send you my twenty-three and Me.
0: Perfect. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe maybe we're distant cousins or something. Okay, here's a little silly question, but I just had to know your name is Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You do live in New York. I do. So, so which sex and city character do you identify as?
0: I mean, everyone's like Charlotte, That's, but I'm like I yeah. Just because of my name, I'm like, I wish I was that tidy. Like, no. It's like, there's like chaos right right beyond this very narrow frame of vision. I mean, I mean you have the Carrie hair. I wish I had those curls, actually. People say Samantha. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I watched Sex and the City again, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that just happened to
1: me, too. Problematic is fuck. I know. I know And
0: I watched it when I was 12 And I was like Or like 13 And I was like Ooh I know things I was like Oh That kind of ruined it yeah. Like, yeah Actually I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Samantha Because Kim Cattrall Refused to do the next reboot So we're with we're, uh, I'm with Samantha on that Team
1: Team Kim honey <laughs>
0: Team Kim on that yes. So that's who I am I'll okay. proudly we love, pick that one
1: <laughs> We love Love What is your favorite thing about yourself? It could be physical, it could be mental, it could be... It could be anything. It's an open-ended question.
0: I have never had an issue sharing my opinion. And I used to hate it because you don't make friends that way. You don't. Like, sometimes you make friends, which are the ones that you keep, the ones that can handle an opinion, or at least call you out when you're going down the wrong path, right? The people that mm-hmm. keep you keep you a little accountable there, we love them. But I think that it's been... It's been every positive is a boon and a bane, right? Like there's always going to be something that's like good and bad about it. But I will say that I don't think I'd be where I am or have gotten the jobs that I had or like I even like help people like negotiate for like raises. And like the other like a couple weeks ago, like I had like five women like tell me like, yeah, I got an extra 20. Brand and like my base salary and I'm like it's because I had no problem when they were telling me about the job me just telling them you better fucking ask for this because I know that that's the market rate because I used to work in tech and it's like I just have no problem with it and sometimes it really helps people so I think that is my favorite part about myself
1: oh man do you want to come help me buy a car yes I bet you're one of those love- like make <laughs> make the sales guy leave the room and sweat and come back in and be like okay I, I guess I can do that yep <laughs> Good, okay. I know who to call That is a vital skill, and it is an enviable skill and I love that you have that.
0: I have no idea where the confidence came from, but it's there, but yeah, I think it's also like you have to mix it with like I fuck up all the time, and so backpedalling and issuing corrections is also a vibe.
1: It is a vibe, and you know what? I respect it.
0: You have I respect to. it,
1: okay, Charlotte. Oh. So much to discuss. The first thing, just to set the tone. And you have, you've like evolved like a cat, it sounds like. You've had all these lives. When did you get interested in skincare? And then when did it evolve from just skincare to education, ingredients, evidence-based research? When did it kind of hit for you?
0: So I would say that like there's been one consistent in my career and it's basically like packaging information. Mm -hmm. So when I was working in advertising, you have to package information for a consumer to buy. When you work in editorial, you are packaging uh, like information and a story for people to click on and then consume. Like it's always about like a level of consumption. And then I worked at Snapchat and while I was there, I had to bring publishers on board. Well, first convince them to come on board and then actually onboard them and optimize their content for views. So I was working with like the New York Times. Al Jazeera, Le Monde, is Co- actually the channel that I actually started at Hearst, and that's actually why I went over to Snapchat because they kind of they kind of took me. So. I would say that that's kind of like the one consistent. When I started doing reporting, though, and when I was actually starting to write, it really reminded me of like when I was working on like theses and like university, where I was like, oh, like the amount of sourcing I need to do. And so I was writing starts firstly about food. And then I really quickly moved into beauty because I think if you're a, a woman and you work in magazines and that kind of world, like you're you're using tons of skincare. I've always loved makeup. I've always loved beauty, I don't think this is particularly unique. I think that many women do. But what I thought was really interesting was I was seeing a lot of parallels between multiple industries and how they talked about ingredients, right? So clean beauty was starting to pop off. Clean eating was popping off. And I I fucking hate it. Like I hate the concept of clean eating. Like, because you're calling everybody else dirty. And I think that for a, a movement that claims to be good for us, like, can we take the shame out of it? Because that's a, like, can we leave, like, I feel like people just love blaming women. I'm like, okay, Eve was a long time ago. Can we please stop <laughs> blaming women for fucking everything? Just, Hashtag if you want, team Eve. Right? It's <laughs> like, if you want to talk about more natural ingredients, great. If Though I would say you always have talked about that with sustainability because so much in industrial farming is bad. So... This is like a really convoluted way of saying I started working in cannabis after Snapchat, and I saw the same fucking thing happening again. And I was like, oh, because it's so easy to market to fear, guilt, and shame. So I started off with a newsletter. I was working with a lot of scientists and doctors explaining cannabinoids, which are, I guess, you could say like the active components in. Oh, you don't have to tell me, honey. (laughs) Uh, You're You're like, "Mm, I love a can. I got a few
1: cannabinoids over here.
0: (laughs) I know. Weed is great, and so. Basically, from there, I then ended up getting introduced to a cosmetic chemist. Her name is Joyce Salimo. She's our co-founder and our head of product. And she was just telling me the things that I kind of always knew when I was working in magazines where I was like, damn, because I come from a marketing background and I was like, these brands are saying some crazy shit and they are getting away with it because they're paying us. And that includes the Clean Beauty brands. They always talk about how indie they are indie they are. No, they're not indie. They're a lot of them are funded by massive corporations, and all they care about is how to get more money. Like, it's just it's just wild. Like, if you're going to take that conspiracy theory mindset. So it just came to the point where we wanted to research cannabinoids. And in trying to create a brand, I realized, A, how hard it is. How easy it is to fall prey to your own devices where, you know, it's so easy to sell to fear. It's so easy. And I was like, okay, well, I got to eat some humble pie because I totally get why brands do it. Right. It's so competitive out there sustainability, all these things. And so I was just really sharing the journey because we've actually been working on do for almost two to three years now. It's been a long time, just even sourcing ingredients because cannabinoids are a new to market ingredient. You know, finding a cannabinoid that's a pure source that has the proper, not only COAs, but like cosmetic ingredients have like material data safety sheets. And nobody in CBD was providing it. So labs wouldn't even work with us, not because it was CBD, but because the sources are sketchy. And these are the same sources that I know are being sold in Sephora, et cetera. And so it's just like, it became this whole complex thing. I was like, okay, if I find this so interesting, I wonder if other people do. And that just led to me just starting making videos because at Snapchat, that was my bread and butter was helping people make video. Longest answer to
1: a question ever. I (laughs) think it's great. And definitely it's something that from what I've seen has only really kind of exploded over the past couple of years. Like, oh, what are we actually putting on our face? Where are these ingredients coming from? Who's making them? Like we used to just buy shit and not think anything of it
0: it's kind of like food to be honest. Like you yeah. know, people want to know where their food is coming from and sourcing. And it's like, you buy an avocado, you know what country it comes from. You buy a skincare, you have no fucking clue where those ingredients no are coming from. And I think that it's a disservice to consumers to assume that they just don't care because the amount of people that I've spoken to, whether they be like people we were trying to get on as advisors, et cetera, they're like, you're getting too into the nitty gritty. Like people don't care. And I'm like, have you met
1: people? Yeah. Have you read Instagram comments? <laughs> <laughs> have you met
0: people? Like, if you're going to talk about early adopters who are the people who are going to evangelize your brand they absolutely fucking care and also i think they deserve to know it's very easy information to publish because i know where the ingredients are coming from i have these safety data sheets
1: right well there you go i mean great answer and thorough and we love we're gonna pivot a little because from that answer we have established that charlotte knows her shit she's a brand founder She's – I'm telling you, if you haven't followed her on Instagram, now's the time. But let's pivot a little bit. There's so much to discuss. I want to talk to you about cream, okay? I am the <laughs> queen of creams. I I see that you avoid cream, that it comes in jars.
0: Mm. And I well, would love I would, for you mm, to explain yeah.
1: <laughs> that or unpack that for me.
0: Yeah, so I would say it's actually more of an experiential thing. Okay. Um, and when I love. said – I think that when I said – earlier 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 this morning that I have to walk certain things back you know I read a couple of articles that were published in magazines on how jars led to you know you know unstable preservative systems and it was a completely unsourced article and I'm like these magazines like should I just email them and be like can you please talk to a chemist but then I met Joyce and you know Joyce is like I don't like Jars because it gets into my fingernails and I was like, same, but in terms of the preservative systems, they, they absolutely work. They're not like super hyper concentrated. Like we're talking about like the difference of like a 0.1 to 0.2%. Like, you know, let's not like freak out here. And also you can do like self-preserving systems and like mix it with preservatives. So again, everything is so nuanced. It's so dependent on the actual product itself. But for me, I never look for things that are active and I'm putting air quotes because I'm on a podcast, but I don't look for actives like a vitamin C in a face cream, especially because I think that I love face creams that have like water in them. Mm -hmm. And it's just because a, the vitamin C, it's not going to really be super active because the pH is going to be off because like a good face cream shouldn't be like super acidic it's probably gonna be at a more like pH balanced level where more like the pH of your skin, which is gonna be at around like four to 5.5 and vitamin C is most stable at or below 3.5. So there's that piece, but also like I'm, so when you open and close the jar, it's not gonna like oxidize. But one of my favorite creams on earth is the SkinCeuticals Triple Lipid and it comes in a jar. And so the reason why they use a fucking heavy jar, it is so heavy is because of luxury. And Mm -hmm. so it is a luxury good. It feels heavy and it feels rich. And you also use a lot more product because it's not dosed. So I don't, I don't love it, but the formula itself is superior. I just wish they took out the essential oils because it can be sometimes irritating with um, Tret. That makes
1: perfect sense because I feel like I go through cream jars so quickly.
0: So much faster. Because so much faster.
1: Because if you have a tube, you squeeze it out and you see it, but in the cream, you just stick your grubby (laughs) hands in there and you That makes perfect sense. You like a cream that's... What's the one thing... The ceramides, right? You love a ceramide.
0: I love a ceramide. You
1: love a ceramide.
0: But at the right dose.
1: At the right dose. Can you over-ceramide?
0: I mean, I think that it's like... It's not going to burn your face off, at least not from any data I've seen. It's just going to, like, stop being, like, it's going to reach a plateau of efficacy. So, for example, like, the reason, like, I like taking, like, a light gel cream and then putting a richer cream over that. Like, I like layering creams because some of these gel creams, I'm sorry, they're, like, basically serums at this point. Right. But for people with oilier skin they don't, you don't necessarily need cream. If you have super oily skin, you need to get water into your face and then maybe like top it off with some sunscreen. But I think that that's the thing. It's like when people are like, what is the best cream for me? I'm like, well, is your sunscreen hydrating? And then just use something at night, like use a gel cream at night, if you really want to do your skin feels, if you live in a really arid environment. So, so yeah, ceramides though, they're just like super solid. And if you use them at the right, cause it's not just ceramides, you have to always combine them with like fatty acids and lipids. And so that trio is really what builds your barrier over time. So like that, it actually like it will minimize the appearance of wrinkles. It will make your skin look like dewier, plumper, juicier. But the problem is is that a lot of brands source their ceramides from a supplier called Avonic and it's called it's the actual brand name of it is Skinflux. So kind of like with peptides how everybody talks about matrixol like it's best in class, Skinflux is one of the provide it was one of the brands of ceramides. And so if you look at the supplier data sheet cuz they all have these tests 1% to 3% is for like dry skin, and then 15% is really what you need for like barrier repair, and most brands are u- using that 1% to 3% ratio. So that's yeah. kind of where I'm like, you're making all these claims about ceramides, and I'm like, it's probably the glycerin and the petrolatum in your product that's doing most of the barrier repair, which are excellent ingredients. It's just not the ceramides.
1: Wow. I'm telling you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I want to go back to the slugging in a minute because I feel like you were sort of getting into the slugging. But real quick, yes. I would love to talk about necks. Mm-hmm. We talk about creaming our neck on Natchbu and it sort of just started out as sort of like uh, what, something that your mama tells you, like a mama advice, maybe a, gra- a French grandmother advice. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of become a call to action for us in this Nashville community. And I just saw you talk about neck cream the other day. So could you maybe tell my audience the importance of creaming your neck
0: just bring then, it down.
1: Just bring it down. bring
0: it down. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't do new face on my neck because I don't have, like, it's not that I don't have the time. I just don't want to do it. Like, I there's, like, a limit to what I will do. Like, I, I like to say, like, I am, like, I'm pretty lazy. Like, I, I really enjoy lying down on couches and mm-hmm. reading or watching TV. Mm-hmm. So doing skincare for, like, six hours a day, that is actually not my vibe. I, I would much prefer to draw on my face. But what I will say is that, you know... Especially now because I just feel like my posture is just like so contorted all the time that I am starting to get lines on my neck. But it's actually like a reminder that I need to sit up. Yeah, right. Like you need to sit up straight and stop looking down all mm-hmm. the time. Because I'm also worried, like mm-hmm. my neck. Like I'm like, ooh, is it gonna like break in half? So just I bring think we're your all gonna be down. walking
1: around like this.
0: Fact. Yeah. Fact. When we're
1: four in our 40s, 50s. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Like. Most people, it's, gonna it's be like, bad. in, the, like, their 90s, and for us, it's going to be, like, in five years. So I would say, like, if you just bring it down, and then also, like, there is something to be said about, like, lymphatic drainage. So, like, if you do this move, and then you bring it down, like, if you have, like, wake up with, like, a puffy face or something like that or if you just find that you like maintain fluids in your face you can definitely do like some face massage to bring it down it just feels nice but even your sunscreen it's super important to get it down to this and also the back of your neck and you know skin cancer runs rampant in my family particularly on the, on our italian side because they're we're all sun worshipers so you don't want part of your neck to be cut out no way which i've seen
1: I don't want anything cut out, honestly. I don't want
0: anything cut out. I'm good. I like my I want every tucked.
1: piece. Every piece I got. <laughs> okay, so so do you think that cream specifically marketed towards the neck is better or just bring down what you're doing on your face?
0: I mean it depends. I would have to see the formula. It's kind of like with eye creams, so it's like, you know, I mean,
1: I'm I'm over eye cream at this point.
0: Like for me, the one thing that we're trying to formulate is like an eye cream that'll pair well with the eye mask, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be more expensive than a face cream. Like I don't understand the pricing because they talk about the special ingredients. Then you look at it and it's like, it's the same peptide you're using in your cream at a smaller amount. Like there is no, like I'm trying to, and maybe, and there are some suppliers that sell eye ingredients at exorbitantly high prices, but you're doing a 10 to 15 milliliter fill. You're not putting it in 50 ml. So
1: So, is it just marketing because they know women have eye wrinkles and they're insecure about them?
0: I mean, sometimes they're for maybe because it's, people buy it less. I honestly don't know and I, I don't like and I used to do this and this is where again I, kind of, I used to make like aspersions on brands and make like theories and it's like I'm not a conspiracy theorist like I don't know like maybe there is a reason I, I couldn't tell and also sometimes brands they just mark things up because that's their brand like La can't come out here with a $2 cream regard, even if it costs them a cent right. um, it's because of that it's their branding and it's the status and the prestige I think what's interesting for do is that we do price things based off what they cost us and so you know we're trying we were trying to figure out a sunscreen option that was white lip because we found a formula that we loved but it had a ton of fragrance in it and i hated the fragrance so i'm like okay i guess we have to spend a hundred thousand dollars like find a hundred thousand dollars to do otc testing for a sunscreen but yeah i mean i think that with a lot of these neck creams sometimes it's like now i'm starting to see like those roller things Mm -hmm. uh but like at the end of the day the The ingredients that are going to work are the tried and true ones. And so you're going to find them in any product that you have. But it's like, for example, like retinol products that are formulated for the eye, they tend to be much lower levels of retinol. Why? Because you can't put 1% under your eye. My eye would just flake off. So I, I don't fully understand why eye creams are so expensive. I will not make any theories, but you know, for, well, us, we... I will,
1: it's because they, <laughs> it's a the patriarchy. That's why. <laughs>
0: the patriarchy. Um, so for us, we're going to probably do, depending on how many clinicals and how much research goes into it, we, we tend to do three to four X markups on our, our, our skincare. And then the eye masks net out at around a three, a two to three X markup.
1: And is that standard?
0: No, the standard's 8 to 10, sometimes 20. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sometimes 20. I've seen 20 a few times. Like, when you're seeing, like, truly luxury products, it's typically 20 to 30. So that's the average. And, like, you see Beauty Pie, and, like, you have the subscriptions to get cheaper products. But for me, I'm I'm really... If you want to be sustainable, one of the best things you can do is buy less products. So we're trying to formulate things that multitask, that make sense. And so that you maybe have, like, three to four steps in your routine. That's, like, my goal is to get my beauty, my beauty cabinet down. Like I, it's, it's a, it's, it's overwhelming how much shit I have.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to try things because people want your opinions and you want to make videos, but it can be hard when you have a regimented routine, your skin is disciplined with that routine. When you get a new product, maybe it's a tester for do, maybe it's not. How long do you use it before you decide that it quote unquote worked or that you approve of it or that you like it?
0: It's why it takes me, like when I review a product, I typically review it based off of me trying it for a few days, texture, et cetera, and then caveats, right? Because ultimately it takes three months and the older you get, the longer it takes for a product to actually hit. So we're doing more (laughs) clinical Yeah. (laughs) Right. Get started now. Not to like, not to freak people out, but it's like, you know, I, I think it's, it's really hard to say kind of like also because my skin is so particular, like the products that I know work, they tend to deliver on my skin type. But for example, I'm like a huge fan of topicals and I love their faded cream, but ultimately I don't have hyperpigmentation. So all I can review is the price the texture, the ingredients, assuming that they're all stable, which they probably are considering like the actual like formula consistency, which is almost like, like soapy in a way. Like it like almost lathers when you put it on. But I think that for the price and for those ingredients, like one of the best ingredients you can probably get for something like post inflammatory hyperpigmentation. They have so many great before and afters, but ultimately, can I say that it worked for my skin? I It's not made for me and it's not a product right. for me, but I think it's an incredibly well formulated product for people that would have kind of like those things that they're trying to, to work on. And also, I think like the, the brand messaging and the vibe is immaculate. So it's like, I like to promote that product. But then people are like, what results did you see? And it's like, not everything is made for everybody. And I think that's one thing that I really want to shift in skincare is like this idea that there is some universal miracle product. I would say that retinol and, and Tret is the closest that we're gonna get. And the best you can do is go get a prescription because then it's not mixed with all this other shit. It's just the simple ingredient. It's just simple. And it's going to be less reactive. Because think about it. All these retinol serums, they're mixed with a thousand other things. And so you think you're allergic to the retinol. No, you might be allergic to a myriad of other things. And it's why whenever I get my prescription and a dermatologist tries to complex it with like two other things, I'm like, No. I have a skincare routine. I like my skincare routine. I just need the trap. Give it to me straight doc. Yeah. I don't want niacinamide. I don't want, what was one? I was trying to put like azelaic acid in it and like all this other shit. And I was like, I don't want it. I don't don't fucking want it. I just want the trap. Like don't complex things for me. We're good here.
1: (laughs) Wow. Do you think if you're, I started using, I I, I mean, I'm going to say what it is. I started using (laughs) the Shani Darden retinol reform. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar?
0: Yeah, I mean it has great reviews but it's not 2% retinol.
1: Right, it's like 0.5 really because of all the other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's doing shit. And that was not cheap.
0: How long have you been using it?
1: Since I guess I got it over the holidays, so 3-4 mm, months. Great,
0: I mean that's a reasonable amount of time. I think that if you are sensitive to retinol, it's a good option. I also say that if you're sensitive to retinol, just use peptides.
1: Like I'm if- not sensitive. I just bought I don't I need your help, Charlotte. <laughs> You know, um, this so is right why, yeah. do I need to just I mean, go get that good, good from the derm? Do I need to yes. say hit me I with that I think
0: retinols, I think that, and, and this is kind of like, there are certain ingredients where I'm like, you can fuck around with brands and you can try, and also, that's also fun. Like, I know some people who just love the Shani Darden brand and keep buying it. I would say that like saying 2% retinol, you're feeding into this idea that more is more when really we should just be breaking down the percentages of the different retinoids that you're using it or vitamin A derivatives and like just talking about that or like talking about it like complex and being really clear that legally brands are not allowed by the FDA to put more than 1% of retinol. That's why you don't see more than 1% yeah. So then how products.
1: the hell did she get that on the bottle?
0: She probably says retinol complex. I haven't oh, looked yeah. at packaging. I haven't looked at the packaging, but consumers aren't necessarily aware of that. And like more isn't more. I think that it's probably a really beautifully formulated product and it works really well. Like I know she's very well respected in the skincare community, etc. I haven't personally tried it because again like I have like my ride or die brand which yeah. is I just trot over to my derm and I just say here's the script I want. So yeah I would say for that the marketing is a little bit confusing to me but it's probably a beautifully formulated product but if it doesn't work for you then I would definitely say don't don't fuck around trying these different brands like I always say SkinCeuticals is my favorite retinol because I know how they fill it and so retinol vitamin A's are just as volatile as vitamin C and so when people when I see retinol in a clear dropper bottle I'm like <laughs> that's gonna be dead by the time you get it. Wow. So what I really like about the my prescriptions they come in just like an aluminum tube and then so skin it comes in a nitrogen filled aluminum tubes so that nitrogen fill and it's also encapsulated retinol so it's like a triple whammy of airlessness and so yeah i think it's really important to, to understand the manufacturing process as well because we don't have required stability testing in the u.s to launch product like a good brand that's manufacturing with a, a factory that follows good manufacturing practices in theory will be very tyrannical about those stability tests but even understanding how potent your product is at 30 60 90 days like none of these things are really required in skincare so sometimes i see formulas and i'm like why did you what like did you just pick that because it's pretty or because you don't know and i'm like i don't want to be a dick and reach out and just kind of like put my nose where it doesn't belong but like when i see active oils and they talk about all the actives of all their antioxidants and all these beautiful plant oils which do exist and they put it in a clear dropper bottle i'm like between the oxygen and the uv damage like what are you doing see this is
1: this is the shit nobody really knows. You know Joyce what I taught mean? me everything.
0: Joyce yeah. taught me everything. And then I researched it because I was like, okay, well, like, let's make sure that like I'm saying this right. So I would like, you know, we would have all these conversations. I would then research and I was like, fuck's sake. Like, we're working on cannabinoids, the most unstable fuckers ever ever they literally degrade within like two to three months so if you're buying like a 300 hundred dollar face oil that shit's done and if it's in a clear dropper bottle i don't even know and this is i'm talking about an actinic those brown bottles so for cannabinoids we used an encapsulated version and we did airless opaque packaging just to really get them in there
1: yeah (laughs) seal those suckers in if you pay up you want you want to get every drop out fact so interesting (laughs) oh yeah.
0: yeah For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Oh, yeah.
1: I would love to just, you already touched on this, but a lot of my listeners wanted you to talk about ethical versus sustainable packaging, plastic versus glass, and then I love when you kind of, you say natural in quotes products are actually very unsustainable due to, like, harvesting particular ingredients. Like, could you just give us a little in that space? Yeah. We love to kind of peel back the ugly of the beauty world. And we, I want to be an ethical consumer as sustainable as much as we can. And I, you had just said yesterday on your Instagram, you were like, everyone's figuring this shit out right now. Everyone's yeah, trying.
0: I think that for us, we're trying to move from self-righteous to accountable. Yes. Where it's like, we're the most sustainable. We are non-toxic. We are, it's like, I don't want to use that language because you're holding yourself to an impossible standard that doesn't even exist technologically speaking. So why are you putting that? Why are you setting yourself up for failure, but also shaming every other brand? And also you have to take into account privilege and wealth. Yeah. And it takes a lot of money to do things sustainably. And so Isn't I think that that that's- Isn't fucked up? It is fucked up. I'm it is telling absolutely you. fucked up. And so I think it wasn't a priority. It is a priority. We're seeing massive strides, but I just saw in Business of Fashion that L'Oreal now is pushing to move everything to natural, even their vitamin C. And I'm like, why the f- would you use anything natural for vitamin C when L-ascorbic is very sustainably made in a lab synthetic L-ascorbic is the same fucking thing as the L-ascorbic you're going to squeeze out from a lemon but we we can maybe turn that farmland that was going to be used for cosmetics into a field or whatever the fuck it was before like can we please stop so it's like I don't think that everything needs to be synthetic I am not that person I think that certain ingredients like absolutely and also if you can buy them from like community that it's going to benefit the most from then absolutely like i love like is it Hahana beauty the shea butter brand like i absolutely love how they source their products and how transparent they are for it and i will oh and i think that is like a, such a smart and thoughtful and just like beautiful way to participate in beauty and sell a product that very very clearly works like it's it's an incredible product and so that to me is ethical that to me is sustainable but Just because you use Bakuchi oil over a vitamin A derivative, that doesn't make you sustainable. That doesn't make you ethical. How are you even farming that? So what I find really funny is when people are like wild harvest Bakuchi oil, that is the only way to harvest Bakuchi oil is to actually pick up the like seeds when they drop. But the problem is is that because of demand, there's just like overpopulation and companies are jumping in. And so
1: they're like elbowing workers in the face to get their Bakuchi oil. I mean, like, I
0: don't I don't know, but it's like why but like do we need that ingredient? when we have retinol or is there like a way that like somebody can go into the market and make it really transparent the way that you know Hana is done and i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right so please people i'm sorry if i correct me if i'm wrong but basically it's like the way that they did that for shea butter you know and i think that that's something that i would see as extremely interesting kind of like just more transparency but i would also say that when you're getting plant ingredients for very cheap and if the product is very cheap then that shows up somewhere right in the labor, Somewhere if it's too good to be cream.
1: true, it is.
0: Yeah. So for mm. our cannabinoids, so for and that's also not great either because then there's access problems. Like you know, not everybody can afford a three hundred dollar cream that's sustainably made. So I, the thing is, for me, it's like I just want to take the shame out of it and just put the accountability and the the information out there because what really frustrates me is that people are like, oh, well, this brand sustainably did it for like three dollars, and it's like, think about that. Right. How is it three dollars? How
1: me and thinks so, they did not pay the workers. That's what so I think. It's,
0: it's just, there's something. And so for us, it's like, we're not perfect. We're not doing things perfectly. But I think that the recognition that nothing will be in stasis and we're going to share our journey along the way, that is the best that we can do. Now, some people are going to take umbrage with that. Everybody, You're never going to make everybody happy. And so for us, when we looked at packaging with glass, we were shocked, shocked at the carbon footprint of it. Yeah. And it all depends, Yeah, tell right? us
1: about this. This is really interesting.
0: <laughs> well, we're we were, we're told to... <laughs> all the time,
1: no plastic, no plastic, no plastic. Mm-hmm. And then we're told, glass, glass, glass.
0: Mm-hmm. But And I think it's, again, this virtue signaling, right? Where it's right. like the easy solution. The, the reality is nothing on the market right now is where it should be. And companies need to be trying a hell of a lot harder. And I'm talking about the L'Oreal's. Like, I want right. to see L'Oreal fix packaging before they start mining lemon fields for vitamin C and like I adore L'Oreal brands like I, I, I like I think that company is like it's incredible what they've built you know their strategy etc like I, I find the beauty world fascinating but it's just like it's giving into the consumer's perception versus the actual reality and so I've actually talked to so many different packaging companies and you know with glass there's the actual production of it which requires a ton of fresh water sand mm. and heat so the carbon mm, footprint of that energy. alone, is, it's, in, it's energy intensive. Then after that, you have to ship this glass around. A lot of glass, especially with cheaper brands, comes from China. because And even when you're buying it from Italy, I was looking at a company in Italy. They were still getting it from China. So it went from China to Italy, then to the U.S. If Quite the be, carbon
1: footprint for a, yes. for a sustainable jar.
0: <laughs> and so a lot of our packaging... Transparency, it comes from China. I would much rather have plastic which is lighter coming from China than something else. Then we now now so our first run of our serum, it's gonna be in um, hundred percent recyclable airless pump because most airless pumps are non-recyclable. Right. This is very fucking expensive. And the MOQs, the minimum quantity orders, are high. Like sometimes I feel like dig into my bank account. That is Fine, but like not everybody can do that. So I'm done shaming brands if they choose glass. I'm done. Like, I'm just not gonna shame, but just don't tell your consumer it's sustainable. That's actually like more my issue is like we shame each other to get ahead when we would get a lot far, like further if we just all came together and talked about how we can make it better. And so for me, like we're starting to talk to a lot of different recycling facilities to see how we can help them. And we're also talking to a recycling facility for our eye masks. Because after time, the, the logo wears down. And, like, some people care about aesthetics. So we want to provide a solution where if you want to mail in your mask, we can tell you how to do it. And you can mail it into this facility. And they'll take it and put it into recycling.
1: Very cool. I want you to tell us a little bit more about the, the Forever Eye Masks. Because, again, if, in case somebody is living under a rock. We've, we've brought it up on Nantribute. Several guests have brought it up. Mine are on the way. Just so everybody knows for real. I ordered two. I ordered one for me. I ordered one for Ben. Well, two Ugh. for each of us. You know what love I mean? Love a Dewey
0: dude.
1: We love, love a Dewey Dude. I know your ma- your man wears skincare. Isn't that great that you can share this?
0: Oh my god. It's it's it was so funny when he like after because for him, you know, he's in his forties and you know, we we did this experiment together. He has more oily blackhead and um. I saw that video you skin. did
1: where you showed his nose. That was
0: whack. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But but, but the update is, is that in the winter he had to pare back the usage because it was actually causing issues. But oh, that's because shit. of weather changes. Mm-hmm. And so now he does it once a week versus every, a, a few times a week. And so that's another thing where people are like, this product makes me break out. And I'm like, did the weather change? Are you mm. sleeping? Like, there's so many things to think about when you're using skincare. And so even now, when something gives me a reaction with skincare, I try to take a minute and I'm like, oh, what did I change? Did I, did I like change my habit? Like, did I... You know, it's, it's, did I change anything else in my routine? So I think that's a really important thing to note. But salicylic acid is one of the best, best ingredients to deal with blackheads. And it literally, he was like, wait, it cleaned out my nose. I'm like, correct.
1: God, I need to do that. I'm telling you, I don't know. Nothing's working for me. I'm going to come over, okay? I'm gonna come over one of these yes, days. Yeah, I'm
0: actually so excited to to get my esthetician's license. I've like reached out to so many of my esthetician friends, and I was like, "Can I just like come in and watch you?" And they're like, "Yes, you can." Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you love Do you love watching like the extractions?
0: Love it. Yeah, I could watch. And I used that to be really day. anti. I used to be really anti extractions until I went to esthetician school, and they even say it they're like this isn't a cure. This is because somebody has tried salicylic acid and it's not working, and you're helping them get the last bit out. Right. And I was like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense wow I'm an asshole and it's like sometimes we gotta normalize just admitting that we all make asshole comments sometimes
1: yes normalize asshole comments (laughs) if you take anything from this episode okay tell us about the forever eye mask the concept and uh, you know you you sort of touched on everything transparency price markup
0: just explain We're it. a TMI brand. We well, we love we oversharing. Love. You know that's the um, millennial what? <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is this is my brand. Yeah. So basically we were trying to come up with a packaging solution and we are bashing our heads against the wall and then we were just talking one day about sheet masks to our dermatological advisor. And she I was like, What's the benefit of sheet masks? And she's like, Occlusion. And I don't know, and I think it's because I've seen Nurse Jamie like those full face versions. I was like, wait a minute. Those never work on my face because of, like, the way that my nose is. It's just, like, for some reason, it's, like, I have that tent right. situation. Same. And even, even sheet masks, you're constantly just pressing down. And when also, you think like, about they it, hang off my chin like I'm a little I octopus
1: it. or something. I,
0: I hate it. And so it's just, like, I just wanted to put something, like, right here. And I was, like, wait a minute. If I make it thin enough, I bet it'll stick. And then it's, like, my products will just you know, hydrate the area better. And as everybody knows that works in makeup artistry, makeup goes on a hell of a lot better on hydrated Mm -hmm. and moisturized skin. And so I was like, oh, and it can also be used for makeup fallout to help you with a cat eye. I'm like, oh, it'll be really fun. You know, it's taking us forever to finish up our formulations on our skincare products so you know we'll get a we'll we'll get a product out that's cute it's more of like a marketing initiative because you only really are meant to buy it like once a year even if that like if you don't mind the logo wearing off like keep using it yeah you know And it's really, it was really just for us to get something cute out there. And then it blew up. So, you know, it was, it's, it's funny how when you start a business, like you never really know what's going to like help you take off. And like, I thought it was going to be the serum, but the eye mask has been just like absolutely incredible. And we also wanted to have like a luxury experience that you can have every single day. Because while I do like to use products that have ingredients that work, I think that also like, I love the, like, I don't know, like fanfare of like getting ready and putting on a product and just the like ritual. walking around with them. Exactly. And like, just like putting on like a little eye mask and it just like, it feels nice. And when you peel it off, it's super satisfying because the area is like, it gets like a rush of like air, like cold air. And like, it just feels like a nice, I you said, ritual. And so I think that that's part of it. Like we want to reinvent how people use products. Like we don't need sheet masks that you throw out every single time. We can, we can change that. That is sustainable, reducing how much you're yes. using, which is the first and reduce, reuse, recycle. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. And we wanted to put it in a beautiful tin because we just thought it was more durable than a lot of the other things that we were seeing. And like, people were like, do paper. And I was like, that's going to get so gross. Like it's going to get soggy over time you know
1: yeah I mean I love I've been saying on attribute patches are a power move (laughs) and I don't know I don't know if you know this but in 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 Hollywood every celebrity in the makeup chair puts a patch on every it's like if you have a patch you are a list you are top of the call sheet you're a big deal and every time I've been on a set I look around in the makeup room and that's what's going on it's always about the patch but yeah, you throw them out. If you do a patch every day, like you are living a luxe life mm-hmm. and we all aspire for that life. And with your product, it's a reusable eye mask. So you can use them every day, honey. What yep. a concept.
0: Yeah, and we're working on a formula right now that'll hopefully launch in the fall. And really what it's meant to do is that it's going to help like it's going to be easy to use with the mask, but it's going to have, like, we're really looking for clinically studied ingredients. So we don't always do our own clinicals. When we say clinically vetted ingredients, sometimes it's because we're using a peptide from say like Matrixel, right? Mm-hmm. So Matrixel has like a library of peptides, very well studied, like double blind placebos. And so, you know, we are going to be testing our final formula and we're going to be starting that hopefully in like a month or two, but all of our ingredients are clinically vetted, including the cannabinoids. Cause we had to figure out the dose to put in put it in formulas. Like people were just like randomly putting it in, you know, in, in like a, a bottle. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it all.
1: So am I. I can't wait for mine to come. I'm literally going to do mine every day. I can't wait.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands.
1: Where can we find you on the internet?
0: Okay, so you can find me on the internet where I have many opinions at Charlotte Parlay. And just so everybody knows, Parlay is the French word to speak. It's parler. And a certain group of people decided to co-op the word and make a social network out of it. And there is no affiliation. And it is oh, the same. I
1: never even thought about that. I never even thought about TikTok.
0: that. Oh, I, I lost my mind. Yeah, because when I was in Montreal, people would call me parlotte. And that's just because I don't shut up, clearly. Which you I think more women should do. Women shouldn't shut up, ever. <laughs>
1: I agree with that. Okay, last thing I want to ask you. You're a social media queen. There's a lot of people out there that want to make content, but they're overwhelmed. Can you kind of give us your secret? What are the apps that you like? I know you do captions on your videos. You edit your videos. Like, can you just throw a couple of like, the helpful Absolutely. apps that you've used? Yeah. Because I, I feel like everybody wants to make videos.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that videos, it's like a really personal way to talk to people. And like, you know, I think that there is something to be said about like the parasocial relationships mm-hmm. that you build on these platforms. Like a lot of people, like, they're like, I know you. And I'm like, maybe <laughs> I don't just talk about skincare in real life, even though actually no, that might not actually be true. But I would say Splice is fantastic. I have that. It's fantastic. People always ask me where I get the captions, like where they come out as I speak. That's actually an app called Threads by Instagram. Oh. By Instagram. What? Okay. So I cut that together and those are really my two main ones. I also use veed.io. So veed is basically a desktop app, which is why I always like phone apps above all else. And I use TikTok to edit a lot of my videos too, but they've changed the settings now. They make it really hard to download your videos.
1: I know, but I think they do that on purpose because they're trying to keep us out. They want the kids, kids are more adaptable, you know?
0: Well, it's like, no, it's like you make the video and then you used to be able to download it and now you can't without all the logos. Right. And I noticed that the other day. It's so annoying and it doesn't have audio anymore. And I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, okay, now I have to like do an extra layer of editing. Like I figured it out. You just screen record the audio and then you just extract it and then put it together. And then, yeah, Veed is really great because you can also make brand kits. So what I would say is that if you want to start creating videos, I'm very excited for anybody who does that. And I think everybody should because... People all have, I love hearing different opinions on how things work, etc. Everybody's skin type is different. Everyone's skin journey is different, but come up with like a, a brand schema. Like I haven't done that. And I look back at my feed and it looks so inconsistent. And so if you want to start making something look consistent, Veed is great because you can just add brand kits.
1: Oh, I'm gonna check that out.
0: Like certain, like specific fonts. You can add logos. You can add images that you reference back a lot. Like it's cool.
1: Okay, I'm gonna. I'm downloading that. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Will give us the website for the Forever IMAS and other products that are coming soon.
0: Yes, absolutely. So you can find it all at skin dot com. So it's D I E U X, which is the French word for gods.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We love. Yeah. That's
0: Char- a whole other story for another
1: time. It is. We, listen, I would love to talk to you about your curly hair. I would love to talk to you about other things other than skincare. We have a lot to talk about, but you know what? You're a busy woman, and you've already given us so much yummy, delicious morsels of information. So thank you, Charlotte. It was an absolute delight to have you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
1: And everybody, don't forget to cream your neck and keep your fridge fresh, and that you deserve to be happy. And I've, I've already asked Charlotte if she creams her neck. She said she does, so I don't have to ask her. She does. She does claim.